turbulent times call for clear-headed insight. That's hard to come by these days, especially on TV. That's where we come in. Salem News Channel has the greatest collection of conservative minds all in one place. People you know and trust, like Dennis Prager, Eric Metaxas, Charlie Kirk, and more. Unfiltered, unapologetic truth. Find what you're searching for at snc.tv and on Local Now Channel 525. The Healing Word Program is a ministry of the Largo Community Church, where Christ is honored and people are loved. You're invited to join us in worship via live streaming this Sunday morning at either 9 o'clock or 11 o'clock. Visit LargoCC.org and click on Watch Live. Friend, He loves you regardless. He loves you. And I want to love Him back, and I want to do what He says. And I know I'll be okay when I do what Jesus says. With all the words, opinions, and promises that swirl around us today, it can be difficult to discern what the truth is. On the program today, Pastor Morris is going to examine the subject of truth and what the Bible has to say about it. So here's Pastor Morris for an introduction of today's message, What is Truth? Hello, friend. I'm Pastor Jack Morris. We're going to go into the sanctuary, and my sermon title is, What is Truth? There is so much false in this world today, so much that is phony, uh, so much hypocrisy, but it is the truth. Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And it's the truth. It is Jesus, the truth, that makes us free from all that is wrong, all that is sin, all that is in error. He sets us free. He liberates us from all this and gives us his great and wonderful salvation. Truth comes through Jesus because Jesus is truth. Friend, if you're tired of the phony, the glitz, the glamour, the hypocrisy, hear this message and know this, that God wants to give you something that is real and genuine, right from the heart of God to your heart. Come with me into the sanctuary. Hear the message, what is truth? Today we're going to talk about the truth, the Word of God, the truth. I want to know the truth, don't you? I mean, there is so much hypocrisy and lying and dissembling. God, give us something that is genuine and uh, authentic, and, and he has. He's given us the truth. Talk about the fool in truth. What does a fool do with the truth? Because the truth doesn't mean a whole lot to a fool. But to a wise woman, a wise man, a follower of Jesus, it is the truth that liberates us and sets us free to serve the Lord and to be the people that God put us here to be, to be the man or the woman that God wants us to be. Now, if you look at chapter uh, 11, 2 Corinthians chapter 11, uh, verse 16, no, verse 21. To my shame, I admit that we were too weak for that. What, what anyone else dares to boast about, and now he puts in, in almost in parenthesis, I am speaking as a fool, also dare to boast about. Well, just briefly, what happened here, Paul was being accused of not being an apostle, not being a good pastor. Uh, some people came in, and of all things, so-called Christian people accused this man who wrote a third of the New Testament 
that he wasn't even an apostle, and he certainly was, wasn't a good pastor. And Paul said, now I'm going to boast about my accomplishments, what God has done in me and through me. He said, I don't want to, basically what he was saying, I don't want to boast about those things because uh, it'll, it'll tend to lift me up. And he said, anybody that, that brags on themselves is a fool. And so he said, I'm going to talk like a fool for a while. And uh, in other translations and versions, one of them says he's talking like he's out of his mind, like he's insane. But uh, he goes ahead and begins to tell them that I am the seed of Abraham. I'm a Hebrew of the Hebrews. I was circumcised the eighth day. And he went on to, to defend his apostleship. Now today, in the very beginning of this message, I'm going to talk like a fool. I'm not a Hebrew, and I'm not a, um, but I am a, a, the seed of Abraham, just like you are if you know Jesus as your personal Lord and Savior. But I'm not going to defend my ministry. I'm not going to do that at all. Uh, what I am going to do, I'm going to take passages of perhaps scriptures that I've heard people debate and talk about and reason over and wrestle and try to explain and make it, quote, relevant today. I'm going to take some of that and I'm going to talk like I am that person. Now you think about it. Have you heard anything like that? Uh, have you been reasoning like that yourself? All right, here's some of them. Pastor, let's talk about marriage. What does the Bible have to say about marriage? My God, I'm talking like a fool now. I believe in marriage, uh, but uh, marriage is holy. I believe that. Marriage is sacred. I believe that. But pastor, when it comes down and you insist that it has to be between one man and one woman, just because the Bible says that, just because God brought Adam and Eve into the garden, a man and a woman, and he set the stage from the very beginning of time, the very beginning of the human race, and the Bible teaches that, and I know what the Jesus sanctioned it, and also the Apostle Paul, but pastor, this is the 21st century. You ever hear anything like that? Okay, well, man, we're all fools this morning a little bit, maybe, <laughs> listening to that. But uh, this, this is, this is what's, what's being put forth. And it's now even in the churches. But here's another one. Pastor, let's talk about sex. Now, sex is ordained of God, Pastor Morris. And, uh, and, and it's, it's meant for procreation and it's meant for enjoyment. But, Pastor, uh, just because a young man and a young woman aren't married... That doesn't mean that they should abstain, does it? Just because the Bible said, no, the Bible was, is an ancient book. It was written back there by people so long ago, and women would wear veils. And pastor, the Bible in that particular stance uh, is, is just outdated, and we need to look at it. Pastor, that man, young man and that woman are in love. They love each other, and they're going to get married someday anyway. I've heard that so many times, and they didn't get married anyway. But they're going to get married anyway. So uh, the, right now, the, the, it's almost like they're husband and wife. And, and Pastor, the Bible, I know what the Bible says, but, but the Bible also says that the greatest of these is love, and love endures forever, and God is love. And so shouldn't love take over and, and do away with those scriptures? Isn't love greater and stronger than that? I'm talking like a fool. 
Now, what about money, Pastor? I know the Bible teaches tithing. I know it goes all the way back to Abraham, and, and I'm the seed of Abraham through Jesus. And I know what the Scripture teaches about bringing all the tithe into the storehouse. And I, and I know that Jesus was a tither. I know his disciples were tithers. But, Pastor, you know, it, it just it doesn't sit well with me. I, I just don't think that that is necessary. Now, I give to my church. I pray for my church. I give money. But to give a tenth just because the Bible says so. Now, that was written way back there, way back there. This is the 20th century. We pay taxes. We give to uh, charities. But to bring a tenth to the house of God just because Jesus did it, because his disciples did it, and because Jesus said, you ought to, the word is there, this you ought to do, Pastor you know, I, I just can't go along with some of the, the teachings of the Bible. And so, and I'm a follower of Jesus, uh, but he said some ancient things uh, way back there. Now, what about forgiveness? Now, Pastor, I believe in forgiveness. I know God has forgiven me, and I believe in forgiving. But I will forgive after they get their payback. <laughs> Once they get what's coming to them then I'll forgive them. But I'm going to wait until they reap what they sow, and then I'm going to forgive. It's too hard to forgive. I know what the Bible says, and I believe in it, but I believe my, the time difference is just a little off. Now, Pastor, I wouldn't take a penknife or, or a pair of scissors and cut those scriptures out. I just think that we need to understand some of those salient points of scripture a little differently with a 21st century spin on it. That book is an ancient book. Now, I believe in that book, but there are some things that I think we need to interpret just a little differently. Well, I'm finished talking like a fool. <laughs> the Bible is the Word of God, it's infallible. We read the scripture at the very beginning all scripture is given by inspiration. Notice that first word all scripture, not part of scriptures, not. The scriptures I have problems with are not the scriptures I do not have problems with, but all scripture is God-breathed and the word of God. And the problem that I have with that kind of reasoning is, which ones am I to start interpreting? Which ones, which scripture verses am I to put the spin on? Uh, you know, I, I'm not going to set myself up and say, God, I want you to listen to me. I know what you said, but I'm not going to quite listen to everything. I'm going to read between the lines and make it just a little bit different than, than that. Now, Jesus and the truth. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Now, notice three things, the way, the truth, and the life. I'm going to turn over now quickly to Deuteronomy verse uh, chapter 30. Just hold on here just a moment. Chapter 30, verses 15 and 16. Now, hear, hear this. See, I have set before you. Here's God setting something before us. What's he setting before us? See, I have set before you today life and prosperity, death and destruction. For I command you today to love the Lord your God, to walk in his ways. Jesus said, I am the way to walk in his ways, and to keep his commandments, decrees, and laws, then 
you will live and increase and the Lord your God will bless you and the land you are entering to possess. Now God has a plan. He's put it out there. You can and I can choose to put this, our, our private spin on verses or I can take it and believe it and live and be prosperous or I can put my spin on it and go in doubt and in unbelief. Pastor Morris will return in a moment with the conclusion of today's message following this important invitation to join us in worship this Sunday at the Largo Community Church in Bowie, Maryland. The Church of Friendship and Joy, where Christ is honored and people are loved. That's what you'll experience at the Largo Community Church. Live, in-person services are now available for you to attend every Sunday morning at 9 o'clock. So we invite you to come to church this Sunday and experience a service full of music, hymns, prayer, and a special message from God brought by Pastor Jack Morris. Policies regarding sanitation, mask wearing, and social distancing are followed, and there's plenty of space for everyone to safely be together in the large sanctuary. If you choose to join us virtually for the live service, simply go to largocc.org at 9 a.m. this Sunday and click on Watch Live at the top of the homepage. No matter what way you choose to join us in worship, know that you're loved and welcomed at the Largo Community Church. Now, let's join Pastor Jack Morris for the conclusion of today's message. We go into a courtroom. In a courtroom, they'll say something like this. Do you promise to tell the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth? They want the truth. Do you promise to tell the truth? Okay, I'll tell the truth. I mean the whole truth. Don't leave out part of the truth. See, a courtroom expects more than some churches are expecting, than even some people interpreting the Bible. Will Will you tell the truth? I mean, will you tell the whole truth? Don't tell part of it and leave out part of it. Don't believe part of the Bible and put your or my private spin on part of it. Will you tell the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth? Don't mix in a little bit of air. Now, the court expects that. Surely, God expects as much as the courts of the land expect. On one occasion, Jesus was standing before Pilate after Pilate had been uh, accusing him. uh, Well, Pilate didn't really accuse him, but Pilate said, I find no fault with him. Jesus had a purple robe on him. And Pilate said to him, what is truth? And then impatiently, Pilate turned and walked away before Jesus could give him an answer. You see, there's a little bit of Pilate in all of us. We want the truth as long as it fixes us and our particular situation. But when we hear truth that we don't want to hear, we'll try to get away from it real quick, just like Pilate. What is truth? I don't want to hear it. I don't want to hear the truth about marriage. I don't want to hear all the truth about sex. I don't want to hear the truth about tithing. I want to hear the truth about forgiveness. I'll walk away from it. I'll turn a deaf ear to it. I'll listen to the sermon. Matter of fact, Pastor, I just wish there were some subjects you would leave out and wouldn't preach on. (laughs) Just preach on those good ones that tell me how God's going to bless me. Well, I did, did that in Deuteronomy chapter 30. God set before us life and death prosperity and destruction. Now the choice is us. Isn't it something how God respects the power of a person's choice and the choice that he has, has given to us? Listen, friend, 
The Bible is the word of God. Heaven and earth will pass away, but the word of God will last and abide forever. It'll not pass away. But God gives me the option of being disobedient and not walking in his way. He gives me that option. And he says, you have that freedom to make that choice if you choose to do so. Solomon built a temple, a magnificent temple. There's never been a building, a construction, an edifice on the face of the earth in all of history. It was like Solomon's temple. And he built it for one purpose, for the protection of the word of God. The worship of God and the protection of the word of God. Well, after a period of years, Solomon lost his way. And after a time, so did the people lose their way. They became like sheep without a shepherd. Years passed, and now a new king came on the throne. His name was uh, uh, Josiah. And Josiah, the very first thing he did was to order the cleansing of the temple. The, the house of God was in disarray. And so he ordered the cleansing of the temple. Well, they cleaned the temple. I mean, literally, I don't know whether they vacuumed, had vacuums back there, but however they did it, but they cleaned the temple, and somewhere in some back room covered with dust, somebody found the book of the law, the Bible, the word of God. They dusted it off and they brought it out. You see, the book of the law, the Bible, had been missing for years, and nobody knew it. They just didn't do it. They started leaving, leaving out that scripture putting their spin on that scripture, pretty soon they didn't even need it at all. And they were now coming to the temple, coming to church, worshiping God and praying with no Bible, no word of God at all. Now, when the word of God is not present, God is not present because the word of God is the very breath of God. And when the Bible wasn't present, they didn't even know the Bible wasn't present. And when the Bible wasn't present... God wasn't present, and lo and behold, they came every Sabbath, and they didn't even know that God wasn't there. Friend, do you know God is here this morning? I can guarantee you this is going to be a Bible church. And sometimes I have had, well, I'm not going to say what, I, what I've had. I'll just let that one go. But this is the word of God. When Jesus was a little boy, 12 years old, he was left in the temple. His parents didn't know he had been left into the temple. He had been there for three days. They didn't even know he was missing. And they went back and they reprimanded him, scolded him. Didn't you know that your father and I were looking for you? And little Jesus said, well, didn't you know? And this is what he said. He said, didn't you understand that I must be in my father's house? Didn't you understand? You see, when they stood Jesus before Pilate, the people all gathered and they didn't like Jesus anymore because Jesus was truth and he told them the truth and he told them the way to God and he was about to take their sins. Even though they rejected him, he was still going to die for them. He was still going to love them. Friend, he loves you regardless. He loves you and I want to love him back and I want to do what he says and I know I'll be okay when I do what Jesus says. And the people cried out uh, when Pilate said, it's our custom to release one to you at this time of the year. It's our custom. And they cried out, Barabbas, 
Release Barabbas. We want that, that wicked murderer. Release Barabbas. We have a law. That's what they said. We have a law. People are saying today, Pastor, it's okay because it's the law. It's the law. We have a law, but we have the Bible. Now we have to decide the Bible, the Word of God, or the law. Who are we going to release today? Are we going to go by we have a custom, we have a law, or are we going to go by God's law, God's Word that changes not? Now I'm going to turn to, and I'm going to conclude, I'm going to turn to Matthew Chapter 28, verses 18, 19, and 20. These are the words of Jesus after he rose from the dead. He said, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. Now you do that, surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. All authority. You see, Jesus has authority over marriage. He has authority to talk about it. He and and his Father and the Holy Spirit authored it. Marriage is ordained of God. See, marriage is older than the church. Marriage is God's idea. It was God's idea. It's still God's idea. So he has every right in the world to talk about it and to lay it down. And he said, this is how it's going to work. And this is how it's going to be blessed. He has every right to talk about sex and to lay down the law according to sex, the word of God. He said, all authority. He has the authority. We sing majesty, worship his majesty, kingdom authority. We can say things, sing things, and then do our own thing. Make truth relevant. When truth becomes relevant, truth becomes a lie. And God is absent. And I want to know his love. And we can know his love in a great and wonderful way. Hey, aren't you glad you came to church today? All right. You knew you'd better say that. (laughs) But this is his truth. This is his word. All authority. Does he have a right to tell me what to do with my money? Every bit. Every right in the world does he have to tell me what to do with my money. You see, if I didn't have the health and the strength and the aptitude and a job that he provided me and the breath, then I I wouldn't have any money. It's like this. Remember how it was when you were a little child in church with your parents and the offering plate was coming by, you saw it coming, and your parents would take out a dollar and hand it to you, and they'll say, hey, now you drop that in the offering plate when it comes by. You were just a little child, and you'd drop that dollar in or that 50 cents or that quarter. You would drop it in. You see, you would put in the offering plate not what you have, but what your parent has given you. You see, the tithe isn't yours. God has already given it to you, and you can only put in what God has allowed you to work and earn and get. Your heavenly father has already given it to you to put in. And he says, it's mine. It's already mine. But I'm going to give you what is mine so you can give it back to me. What a father we have. What a God that we have. Let's not despise his word or discredit him. Let's trust him and believe him. Hebrews 12, 2. And I conclude with this. 
Let us fix our eyes on Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. Not fixing our eyes on Washington Post or or the Supreme Court or, 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 or anywhere else, but fixing our eyes on Jesus. He has spoken, and I hold it in my hand. I want to live by this book, and to live by this book is to please my Heavenly Father and to have His blessing upon me. It's your choice. It's my choice. We hope that today's message has been a blessing and has strengthened your faith in God. But before we go, here is Pastor Jack Morris with a special invitation. I want to thank you for listening to The Healing Word. I pray deeply that you are finding healing through God's Word emotionally, mentally, physically. You can be part of The Healing Word ministry by praying and giving financially. Others need to hear God's Word and receive God's healing touch, and you can be God's instrument in reaching out to them by supporting The Healing Word with your prayers and financial gifts. Friend, I need your help. I truly thank you and bless you in the name of Jesus for your prayers and financial support. Go to Largo Community Church website, largocc.org, that's L-A-R-G-O-C-C.org, for the mailing address and to learn more about the Healing Word Ministries. I'm Pastor Jack Morris. Be sure to tune in to WAVA tomorrow at this same time for another edition of The Healing Word. Until tomorrow, blessings on you.